Hello, good evening and welcome to Jersey It's Friday night of a huge week again in the life of a Rangers supporter. My name's Scott Patterson. As always, you're very welcome. This is Jersnet by fans, for fans, with all the content is entirely free. Don't forget, you can visit our website for much more of that great stuff, all wsjersnet.co.uk. Big, big week for Rangers, as we say. Nice to be back and it's nice to welcome on Doogie Kinnear. Hi, Doogie, how are you? I am brilliant, Scott. I think like most <laughs> Rangers fans, I've got a, a right spring in my step the day. Um, but I feel it's been a really long week because I woke up yesterday. I can't, I can't get used to this uh, Champions League Wednesdays. You know, I'm, I'm so used to Europa League Thursdays, but I woke up yesterday thinking it was Friday. So I was disappointed I had another day of the week to, to go to work. But <laughs> I, I am brilliant. My, my wee girl started school um, a couple of weeks ago. And I tell you what, the school run was was brilliant on Thursday morning. Even <laughs> even chat to the Celtic fans. Um, to be fair, most, most Celtic fans I met were happy for us. Yeah. Um, but uh, honestly, it's just been. I've not spoken about anything else other than the, the, the game against PSV and Wednesday night and then the, the, the draw, which we're going to talk about more. I, I can't stop talking about it. It's been brilliant. Absolutely. Listen, it's been, it's been an exciting week. It's been. You know, it's easy to to try and do a comparison of of the the European journey to to Seville last season. Of course, it is. It's where you naturally go after such a, a a huge sort of journey we had last season. And journey, something will come on to a little bit later tonight. But um, just seeing our name get pulled out one of those balls on on um, yesterday was was really quite exciting. Listen, tonight, Dougie, we're going to cover um, the Morelos dilemma. We'll, we'll speak about that a little bit. We will look ahead, of course, as the preview to the big game at the weekend. I think it's easy to forget that we entertain Ross County Ibrox tomorrow. And um, we'll do a little bit about that. But I do want to take you back to to the start of the week before we even sort of set our backsides down to to look forward to to the the, the trip to Eindhoven. And of course, we had the the issue with Morelos being told that he wasn't even going, not in the squad. Um, issues over attitude, diet, whatever you want to put it down to. Um, at that point, before knowing what you know now, what's your reaction to that? Um, initial reaction mate, was, I thought it was an unnecessary distraction from the biggest game of the season, arguably the biggest game of the last decade. Um, I know we had the Europa League final, but financially this was just massive after we, we failed to win the Europa League. We had to get into the Champions League for taking that next step financially. So I, I thought it was a an unwelcome distraction. We know Morelos has been here before um, with problems around attitude and fitness. Um, Gerard's managed it very differently to Gio. Gio's probably a wee bit more of a disciplinarian. Um, I, I felt that Gio just had enough of Morelos's attitude and, and wanted to lay down a marker and say, listen, you're an important part of our team. We want you fit. Let's be honest, if, 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 if Alfredo Morelos is fit and firing, he would have been the number one striker for that game against PSV. And going into it, I was actually of the mindset that we were going to really miss him. We were really going to miss the way that you know he played against Feyenoord a couple of seasons ago, where he was the talisman. He, he, is, he is our main man when he plays. And at, at, at that point, I'm thinking, well, we've just given our cards away to Ruud van Nistelrooy, where he knows that it's going to be Cholak up front. I think he said himself he, he thought he was going to start. But he knew that Morelos was not going to come on at any point. And at, at that point, I was pretty disappointed in the timing. Yeah. Um, you, listen, you made, you made a couple of really good points there about um, just the bravery, I think, of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. We've seen this as Rangers fans, of course, before Walter Smith sort of drops Gorham 
put some on the transfer list. We remember when um, Mark Haitley and Morris Johnston were, were developing a partnership and Mr McCoy finds himself nowhere near the starting lineup. So it's not unusual for us to maybe have an icon who suddenly disappears from the from the start of the living. My gut reaction was exactly as you. I, I felt it was a circus we didn't have to have at such a crucial point in our season so far and we're still in August um, I, I think it was really important that it was something that the the club dealt with as soon as, as possible I think there was maybe some contradictory stories in the in the world of social media going around about how it was um, sort of painted out to the, the remainder of the, the playing staff that were and going to Eindhoven however the um, decision was made and it was a really brave one from Giovanni um, listen on the game itself how are your nerves going into that on Wednesday night, um, going into it, I was I was all right. So um, we were just chatting beforehand. We came on, and and, and Frankie had said that, that he was was confident. I'll be honest; I went in fairly pessimistic. I I went into it thinking if we get anything from this, it's it's brilliant. I'd kind of almost resigned myself to the fact that we were going away, um, needing to win at a tough ground. I think we just said the other PSV hadn't lost at home in over thirty games. Yeah. We were going to a tough ground against a really good team where, you know, let's not forget, we've got some good players, right? We got to the Europa League final with some good players, but Man United and other top teams are looking at, at some of these PSV players. So I, I just had the fear that we were going over to play against a really good team. And I kind of I kind of went into it thinking we weren't going to come out with, with the win. And I think that was my mindset is watching anything more, um, anything was going to be a bonus from it. And my God, what a bonus it was. <laughs> Listen, you're absolutely right. A couple of things that maybe jumped out at me in the starting lineup was um, Stephen Davis omitted, didn't he start? Expect them to start, if I was being brutally honest with you. Um, and I almost expected alternatively Arfield or Scott Wright to start on that right side. However, I think having Tom Lawrence there and his ability to set that little bit narrower allows James Tavernier to do his thing down the right hand side. Um, all that said, I felt on the evening itself, Glenn Kamara was absolutely magnificent. I thought he played really well. Yeah, he was a standout for me. There was a few players that, that really performed brilliantly, but going back to the team sheet, I, I was the same. I, I thought we were going to go a wee bit more compact, a wee bit more defensive. Um, and when I seen it, I thought, oh, you know, you just <laughs> used the word brave when you were talking about the Geo situation with Morelos. I thought the lineup was really brave. It was bold. Um, but one of the things about Geo is, I, I think he's brilliant tactically. I really do. I think he 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 really studies the opposition. He 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 puts out a team to counter against. You know, it's none of this Mark Warburton plan A. You go out and you play our game, and you see how the opposition plays. Yeah. And I think he's always better when um, you're in a, a second leg because I think he said himself before he's had that first game to suss out the opposition how they like to play, and it then allows him to go away and shape his tactics to counter it. Um, so I'm really surprised at the team sheet. Kamara was surprised about. I don't think Kamara's had a particularly great start to the season, but no. that was that was him back to his very best. I thought in possession, he's exactly what we need at this level. You know, there's been a lot of talk about whether Kamara will still be here this season. Now that we've got into the Champions League, I think it would be madness to get rid of Glenn Kamara because I, I genuinely think, you know, when you're going to places like Anfield, um, Johan Cruyff Arena, the Diego Maradona Arena, um, <laughs> you know. Someone like Glenn Kamara is going to be really important because he can hold the ball. And I yeah. think when, when you're away from home and, and some of these grounds, he's going to be really keen. I think against PSV, he was, he was brilliant. And I think one of the things as, as fans, we were 
we were desperate to see him. One of the things we've spoke about is how when when we go away from home, uh, or how we went away from home last season, the performance in Dortmund was something to behold, and I think it's something that every Rangers fan will remember for a long time. And um, we wanted a performance like that on Wednesday night. I think we got it. I felt we were really really good, and Lundstrom. Um, nearly burst the net in exactly the same fashion as he as he had done in Germany last season, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I, I, I felt he put his laces through a wee bit too much. To be honest, I think the way that the ball came back to him, he probably could have side footed it. Yeah, um, it, it could have been a wee bit more finesse, but um, yeah, I think we created a, a lot of good chances from from after about the first ten minutes. I think they they started really well. I think we we were finding our way in terms of trying to press them. And pushed them back and it took us about 10 minutes to come into it and once we, we, we did I think that was one of the, the key moments where we actually started to come into the game and I think despite what Liam McLeod says in BBC Scotland I think it was a very even <laughs> game against two very matched teams I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned Liam um, because he clearly wasn't watching the same game as I, I would say probably even other Celtic fans that were watching the game on Wednesday night to be perfectly honest with you um, Listen, I have to be honest, I, I, I said to Frankie before we came on air that I felt um, PSV gave us a bit of chasing for the last 10 minutes of the first half. I felt it looked really dangerous. Um, gave us a lot of difficulty, solely down to De Jong up front, um, who clearly looks like the player that we all know he is. He's, he's played right across Europe in the highest possible standard. Um, but they looked an entirely different, different team when they came out in the second half after he went off injured. I thought they, they continued to play to his strengths when he wasn't there and I felt that played into our hands quite a bit for the start of the second half. You know, it reminded me of Rangers. You know, we 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 have Morelos as our talisman last season. We have a way of playing football when Morelos is on the pitch. And yeah. when Morelos got injured last season and Roof came in, for example, we kept we kept on playing the exact same style, putting the ball up to, to Roof, expect him to hold it in and you know turn defenders and uh, bring bring everyone else into the game and you can't do it. You need to you need to adjust depending on um, who your striker is. And I think you're right. You know, at the end of that first half, they were putting in crosses to De Jong, and he was he was finding space in the box. Um, he was on the end of them. Um, one of them, McLaughlin pulled off a good save. It was right at him. But we're all, yeah. but he had to be there. He, he put a strong hand to it. Um, but he seemed to be their main man. And when he went off, I think it changed the game in our favour. When I seen him go off at, at half time, I, I I must admit when I went in, we were talking about the beginning of the game. With, with that kind of lack of confidence and, and getting anything. See, when he went off at halftime, I actually texted a few of my mates and said, that's massive for us. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for them to, and you're right, the the similarities between the way that PSV play with De Jong and the way that we played, particularly last season with Morelos, um, is absolutely right. There's a, a way of playing and when that um, that sort of figurehead, if you like, isn't there, the players have to be good enough to find an alternative and uh, Maybe yeah. last year we weren't as, as good as finding that as, as just as PSV were on Wednesday. Listen, we came out in the second half and I, I, I thought we played really well. I, I, I thought we we stifled them for a, for a good part of the second half. I want to speak to you about, about Tom Lawrence, who I think has really settled in excellently. Um, for a guy to come up from Derby, who, let's be honest, last season were a bit of a basket case, now staring down the barrel um, of Champions League football, nearly put us in front with a wonderful effort. And I mean, if that goes in, it's one of the goals of the tournament already, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant control outside the box, first of all, to find the space um, and allow himself to get the shot away. Do you know, I actually felt like the shot was too perfect. You know, it's one of those ones that he tried to curl it right into the top corner if he'd yeah. maybe just miss hit it a wee bit. I think I think he'd beat the keeper, uh, and the keeper was not getting across to that that side of the the goal. 
Um, beautiful shot. I, I, I thought it was in. I, I genuinely jumped up. I thought it was in. But um, on Tom Lawrence, you know, you, you mentioned that he's came in and he's settled in very well so far. I think that's what you're going to get when you sign 28-year-olds. You know, when you sign guys at the peak of their, 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 their career. I was a wee bit critical of Rangers when we signed Cholak, for example, because I was looking at it from a purely business perspective of you're signing a guy who's never played in British football. I thought he was going to have to have time to, to settle in, in, in our style of football, and he, he, he hasn't. Um, but you're getting guys at the peak of their, um, their careers. Lawrence is a great example of a guy that, that, you know, he signed for Derby, £5 million, huge prospect at the time. He had a couple of off-field issues. Yeah. He seems to have knuckled down. He became the captain at Derby. Um, the Derby fans rated him very highly. They were sad to see him go. They were all critical of him joining a Farmers League. I don't think they'll be too critical <laughs> of him when he's been drawn against the uh, Giants, like Ajax, Liverpool and Napoli in a Champions League draw. Yeah. Listen, I, I think you're absolutely right. As I say, the, when we signed him, I, I was a lot like a lot of the other Rangers fans. What is he coming up for? Where is he going to play? Um, but I think we've seen a lot of really bright things from him. Um, I've been really impressed with him so far and I think of him, perhaps Tillman who will come on to a second and, and each of these guys I think will look really, really clever going forward and I, I think with them having maybe the security guys like Lundstrom dropping in behind Kamara, Jack, Davis, Scott Arfield who can play that maybe slightly defensive role as well. Um, I think it, it almost allows these guys to just do their thing, which I think is really impressive and important for us this season, um, more so now that we are into that next um, stage of the Champions League. Um, Tillman is another one who has been really good, um, vital to the way that we're playing just now with that high press. And of course, if, I mean, if he's not around on Wednesday night, who knows how the discussion goes. He, he just makes a nuisance of himself. Nice wee switch. And, and Cholak's there with just such an important goal. It's an incredible moment. Do you know, see, see on the, the press from Tillman, um, I seen on Twitter, I don't know who it was, I think it might have been Rangers Review, had, had studied that um, that was actually the second time that we tried that. We tried it on the same player, I think it was Romalo, um, who's a centre-back for PSV who eventually gets subbed after that point. Um, we tried it in the first half as well. We'd clearly worked on that. And that, that goes back to the whole um, Geo tactics piece for me, is that Geo had clearly worked on that, targeted him as the weak link knew that we should press him and, and Tillman did and um, it was an easy tap in for Cholak after great work but on Tillman I don't know what the money is that Bayern Munich have agreed for us to, to sign him permanently but I think we should just pay it just now because yeah. you know when I'm talking about Lawrence and Cholak coming in at the peak of their careers and hitting the ground running see for a young lad I think there's only something like around a year um, difference between Tillman and Lowry, for example. Tillman and Tillman for, for football round one guy who's who's came in a different country style of football. He's running as well. You know, I think it's really exciting to see how he can under who we look at the exact when bad example we have a good player to very player. Yeah. to see how much developed how you get on Listen, I, there's a, I was getting a wee connection problem with you there, Dougie, but I don't it might very well be my system, to be perfectly honest with you, so we'll try and work through it. Listen, it would be remiss of me not to mention um, our, our partners on, on the podcast. We've obviously got three partners that are looking after this season. Um, big hello to Football Prizes, Forest Precision Engineering and Zenith Coins. Um, 
in particular football prizes just now I've just drawn of course their winner for the Legends top it was drawn yesterday um, cracking beautiful signed top um, from the, the Legends game in February I think it was when we played AC Milan all the obvious people um, signing that the new football prizes gift is a belter all the W's footballprizes.co.uk £3.95 and it's a Paul Gascoigne signed top um, really nice memento of, of the great man himself if you can check them out I recommend you do again that website www.footballprizes.co.uk jump on and have a look if you can Doogie I'm curious to know what your reaction was like when that final whistle went hear emotion can you hear me okay now <laughs> I can is hear you perfectly buddy yeah absolutely Good man, it was me. I can see in the comments it's my uh, robot sound there. Um, <laughs> sheer, sheer delight. Um, I think I said on Twitter that my celebrations at full time actually woke up my youngest child up the stairs, but I tell you what, it was, it was bloody worth it. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, so where, where I stay, um, we're surrounded by, there's quite a few supporters that are not of the same ilk as us, is maybe the way I would put it. Um, and it, before I knew it, I found myself in the middle of the street <laughs> shouting and screaming <laughs> like some crazy banshee. And Mrs. Patterson was walking not a million miles away from the street. And um, when she got in, she said, you were out celebrating the street, weren't you? And I was, I really was. And she could hear everything I was saying. So um, listen, it was a great, it was a great moment. We, I, I just think when um, you think about and where we've been, and I'll, I'll, I will bring that, sorry, to you as a, as a discussion point a wee bit later in the pod, um, it was just a, it was a huge, huge moment to to know that we've done it, to know that we've got there, to know that um, you know your visits to Ibrox, going to watch Elgin and sort of guys that were going out to work at Ineos at night, and um, yeah, just that everything just came together for me on on Wednesday night. It was a superb moment, and um, listen, if we get another couple of moments like that over the next six weeks or so, I, I'll be absolutely delighted. Um, I want to speak a wee bit about the draw itself. We, we've been paired with Ajax and Liverpool and, and Napoli, so I think it's the best group we could get, and I'll tell you why. I think it gives us the the absolute opportunity to test us against the very best in European football. Um, glamour tie after glamour tie after glamour tie, but I think in addition to that, and really importantly, um, there's also a real possibility for, for two things. I think we could potentially progress from the group, but importantly, I think third is a real possibility for us in Europa League of Football for, for into the new year, should we be lucky enough to get there. So my microphone went a bit dodgy again, so I've put you on speaker. Can you hear me okay just now? Clear as a bell, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I'm going to channel my inner Alex Anderson right now and say it's a beautifully poetic draw <laughs> oh, of yes. four historic clubs. And I think Spalletti <laughs> at Napoli nailed it perfectly when he said, you know, Napoli are going to be travelling to three of the best stadiums in world football. You know, Anfield, the Amsterdam Arena and, and Ibrox are just majestic football stadiums. And, and it's going to be a brilliant group to watch. You know, when the draw was being made, I was sitting watching thinking, what group do we want to get? Group C was still available and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, do you want a big, massive, you know, tough three games where you're going and you're watching the best players against some of the biggest clubs in, in Europe? Yeah. Or do you want a chance to qualify? And I think Ajax gives us one of the weaker groups, uh, one of the weaker teams in Group 1. I think, I think there's an opportunity to get points off of Ajax although it's going to be very very tough yeah um, we've got Liverpool Liverpool are probably one of the best pot two teams but they're off form just now and um, they've got a lot of injuries 
I think there's an opportunity with the atmosphere, the Battle of Britain, all that good stuff that, that anything can happen. And, and, and Napoli, um, going over to Italy is going to be tough. They're a very good team. I think a lot of people are overlooking Napoli and focusing on Ajax and, and Liverpool. Napoli are a damn good side as well. And I've, I've got a, a lot of very good players. Um, but it's one of those groups that anyone can take points off each other. Um, if we can maximise our points at home with the Ibrooks atmosphere and all that good stuff, I genuinely think we've got a chance of doing okay in the, in, in the group. And, you know, my mindset going into the game was we're a Europa League team, but we could do with the finances of the Champions League. Yeah, We're getting the finances of the group stages. If we get that and then we finish third and we go into the Europa League, then <laughs> whereabouts is it Budapest the finals held? Then... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be booking. I'll be booking my flights early for Budapest because uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind dropping down to the Europa League as a as a worst case scenario. Listen, I think you're absolutely right, and it, it, it speaks like I think third place is is quite possible for us to get there. Um, I, I mean, I really do. I, I I personally, I think that Ibrox becomes a completely di- and I don't want to go all Yanis Hadji on you, but. Um, Ibrox becomes a completely different place on European nights. It, it just does. Um, and as I say, I, I don't want to say the obvious thing, but it, 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 it becomes a different proposition, even for fans. Imagine what it's like for players, for goodness sake. Um, of the nine points that are up for grabs for the home ties, I, I think we could get six. I, I fully agree with you on, on Ajax. They are they, they were the weakest of, of the top pots, I think. Um, Liverpool is the glamour tie. Um, there's there's no two ways about it. That's the one that I think everyone will look forward to the um, the Battle of Britain, if you like, and the, of course all the obvious things that I've went. You know, the Stephen Gerrard Derby, the Sunnis Derby, the Walters Derby. Take your pick; they're all in there. Um, really huge games to look forward to. I I'm glad you bring up Napoli. Um, I think they could surprise quite a few people in our group. Yeah, I do. Um, I looked at the squad earlier on, and there's a lot of damn good players in that team. No team from Italy is going to be a poor side. You, you know, they were actually one of the stronger pot three sides, but there was a lot of good teams in that pot three as well. Um, I think Inter Milan were a pot three team as well. Was that, was it's bonkers, of, isn't it? You know, You're right. Giants that are in pot three, which I think shows you the quality of the Champions League. Yeah. There is a massive upgrade in the quality of the Europa League to the Champions League. I don't know if you looked at the Europa League draw today, but some of the groups... You know, they don't have the same quality um, as the Champions League. It's a massive step up. It's going to be a huge ask of of, of our players to step up to this level. But as I've said before, um, we became a Europa League team and it was important for us to make that step up financially so that we can try and make the step up to a, to a Champions League side. And it'll be interesting to see what happens now because we've got more money in the bank than, than I'm sure we um, we accounted for. Yeah. And I imagine that we'll strengthen our um, our starting eleven as a result of um, qualification at the group stages, and therefore you never know when when you when you face teams like Napoli, we we might be better, we might be in a much better position. Um, I think the contract situations for Ryan Kent and Morelos, and the, the, the you know the attitude and the fitness issues in Morelos are huge as well. Yeah. Because I think both Kent and Morelos are key to how we play, particularly in Europe. And I've just got this lingering thought right now which which is I, I've always thought if if these guys don't sign new contracts before the window closes we should cash in and I just have this lingering thought right now that the clubs across Europe could look at guys like Kent you know particularly down south teams like Aston Villa for example might be looking at Kent you know Sevilla 
Leo, all these teams of Porto have been looking at Morelos. They might stick in a cheeky wee low ball offer, but a low ball offer like £10 million, for example, for Ken or £8 million for Morelos, around those figures, we might have to accept. We might have to accept £8 million rather than losing guys for nothing. That then allows us to go and spend that money on strengthening and bringing somebody else in, but we then lose key players. So, you know, I think Gio himself said it's going to be a really interesting end to the transfer window. And um, I, I genuinely think it is, but I think as, as part of that, I think the contract situations for Kent and Morelos are key. Yeah, full agree with you. Listen, before we move on to the, the Ross County game tomorrow, which is really what we're here to discuss, I have to say, um, was there anyone we didn't get that you would have liked to have drawn? Um, I hate to say this right because they drew them I wanted <laughs> I know <that. laughs> um, I, my dad and I went across to uh, Seville for the Europa League final I don't have a lot of holidays left <laughs> across the year after family holidays I would have been prepared to cancel a couple of holidays remaining the rest of the year but my wife can't hear me right now if we'd got Madrid for a couple of nights in Madrid to, to go to the Bernabeu it's a stadium that I've always wanted to go to they're the Champions League winners it would have been brilliant to have seen uh, guys like Benzema We've seen him when he was at Leon. He was outstanding in his younger years. It'd have been brilliant to see him again at his peak um, and kind of at the, the end of his career. But I wanted Real Madrid. They were the they were the big draw for me. But I've warmed to our group. I genuinely think our group's exciting. I think I think I think we can get points from this group as well. It's exciting. Yeah, listen, I fully agree with you. I'm sorry. Privately, I think I would have quite enjoyed seeing Real Madrid rock up Ibrox as well. I have to be honest. Um, however. Um, I think has been stated today by um, Klopp and the Napoli manager said there's something really authentic about our group um, and it's four proper football clubs so we look forward to that to that starting listen before we go to Ross County I mentioned Zenith Coins um, earlier on they are of course the official suppliers of the Rangers club coin each gold plated coin has a unique serial number engraved on the outer rim and comes complete with a certificate of authenticity to my well to get that right let me tell you um, many many Rangers legends have a copy of this McCoy Derek Johnston Big Marvin has one the world's strongest man Tom Stoltman has one and of course the world's best chef Gordon Ramsay has one as well um, so get yourself on there on one of these coins they are at www.zenithcoins.co.uk um, Dougie Ross County surprised quite a lot of people last season by finishing top six and I think a lot of people have got lost in the maybe the furore of Malky Mackay coming up here and, and doing his bit however um, like I'm not he's done a bit and he's, he's, he's turned them into I, I would suggest quite a four yeah, Malcolm McKay is an experienced manager. Um, he has done really well with Ross County. They, they surprised a few with their top six finish, but I think without taking anything away from their achievements, I think I think it's largely because of the underachievements of some other teams like Aberdeen yeah. that, that allowed Ross County to qualify for the top six. Um, they seem to, to strengthen well, um, to sign well. They had a, a good attacking team. I really like the look of guys like Charles Regan Cook and Joseph Hungo. Um, but they are gone. Um, they've had a huge transformation in, in their squad this summer. I think I counted it earlier on. I think they've got about 10 new players and about nine out. So I, I, I'm, I'm expecting a very different looking Ross County. Played them twice at Ibrox, of course, last season and, and scored four in, in each game. 4-2 um, in, in November under Stephen Gerrard and then a 4-1 victory in, in May as we were sort of preparing for 
um, Seville. Um, and indeed, in, in, in one of these games, I think it was the first game, a certain Janinho Bacuna scored, <laughs> scored for, I think it's easy to forget that he was around for a wee while last season. You know, I really do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, they've came to our place and if memory serves me right, the the, in the 4-2 game, Jordan White scored an absolute cracker to bring them back to 2-1. And we scored, I think we scored a couple of goals late on. It was in certainly one of the games we scored two sort of late on goals that probably made it look a little bit better um, than what it should have been. I, I go into tomorrow probably buzzing from midweek and, and full of confidence. I, I imagine you're in the same place just now. I am, and Gio said um, in his press conference as well that with Tuesday night, um, being a cup game against Queen of the South, we've got an opportunity right now to play a very strong side against Ross County. So I, I do expect a very strong team to be to be named. I couldn't see if Frank had named a team um, in, 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 on the podcast, but I, I'm kind of hoping that we don't go with two holding yeah. players. I think I think we only need the one, probably Lundstrom. We probably don't need Kamara in this game. I, I, you know, we mentioned Lawrence earlier on. I think Lawrence gives you versatility. I think we might see a midfield of Lindstrom, Tillman and, and Lawrence and really take the game to Ross yeah. County um, and hopefully you take that that winning feeling from, from being over in PSV I think a lot of those players right now you know you see the dressing room footage of singing Sweet Caroline a lot of these guys right now will be in cloud nine their their confidence will be sky high Cholax in particular you know he's he's currently averaging a goal a game he'll be flying yeah. right now and they'll, they'll just want the next game um, so I, I, I reckon Tomorrow can't come quick enough for our yeah. players, and I'm kind of hoping you know you, you touched on the two previous games at Ibrox. We scored four. We did concede. You mentioned Jordan White's. Um, we conceded two sloppy goals in the, the, the two games as well because they've got high press. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting us to go and score a similarly high number of goals tomorrow against them. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I think to to come off the back of what we've done midweek, there's a real opportunity for some of these guys to to go and empty the tank, perhaps in the knowledge that they, they may get a, a night off on, on Tuesday. Listen, Gio said today that um, Kamara is out. Morelos obviously won't be involved. Lundstrom has had his ridiculous red card from last weekend knocked down to um, a yellow. Um, we know that Alex Lowry is missing. It kind of takes me on to a wee bit I want to do on refereeing and officiating and, and generally um, that we've seen in this week from a Rangers supporters' point of view. Um, Lunch from last week was a disgrace. Don't think I want to cover too much about it. However, I do want to speak in a little bit of depth about the Alex Lowry tackle that we've seen midweek. Um, just absolutely an outrageous challenge, a terrible tackle to, to be seen at any level. Um, I, I've coached under 12s before and I think if I seen that in an under 12s pitch I'd be sort of saying the laddie right pal off you come because you need a bit more training as to, as to how you tackle properly horrendous and the thing Doogie that I think jumps out at me has been the, the biggest problem is that our refs clearly don't know the rules because he got a yellow card for that the boy Love and Lundstrom got a red um, last weekend for, for, for his challenge it's just incredible what we're seeing just now for the match officials yeah definitely Scott and the, the inconsistencies were clear within that one game against Hibs because the Doyle Hayes challenge for me was worse than Lundstrom's Correct. one's yellow one's a red so referees need to make up their mind and, and be consistent in the rules but you know we're talking about Ross County here and actually Ross County versus Kilmarnock um, the same match day four same day as uh, the, the Rangers game probably the 
the only game that's going to compete is the worst refereeing performance that you'll see of, of, of any game in Scottish football. Yep. There was two absolutely ridiculous challenges in that game that were both given yellow cards. And, and that's the inconsistency, but it's also the lack of protection. See, when you go back to the, the Dumbarton game and the Alex Lowry challenge, for me, that sums up Scottish football. It infuriates me that we've got this hugely talented, technical young player who's, um, who's a standout. He's got his hat trick. He's a standout in that game. And there's a hammer thrower in the Dumbarton team that's, let's be honest, right? So he's made post-match comments. The Dumbarton manager's made post-match comments all about how um, it's an accident. Um, he didn't mean it. Um, you see challenges like that up and down the country every single weekend. The Dumbarton manager actually blamed Alex Lowry for his footing. Um, for me personally, what that was, was an experienced pro raging that they'd just been pumped off a bunch of kids. And he's lashed out at a teenager. And there's photos doing the rounds just now of Alex Lowry on a pair of crutches with a brace. Gio has also said today as well he's going to be out for a, for a good couple of weeks. It's, it's scandalous that a young player who had a tough summer because he, he got injured over the summer um, and was using the B-team football to get back up to speed. And um, David McCallum was talking about him getting back to his best and ready to step back into the first team. But he's been set back again because of... Um, some nobody um, yeah. in Scottish football who's who's taken the opportunity to just smash a teenager. Listen, you have to say as well. I mean, the one thing that um, jumps out at me and, and did in the first instance was that um, if Lowry's leg is is planted into the turf, he's missing for eighteen months. You're you're not seeing him for a long time. Um, and you could argue that he's, he's young and he's got that development on his side and this, that and the next thing, it's a horrendous tackle and it could change the path of his career entirely. We've seen tackles like this previously with Ian Durant. Um, yeah. So we're very aware of how that sudden tackle, that sudden awful tackle can completely change the boy's career. And and um, I think you're right. It speaks to, do you know what I mean? Lowry's a huge prospect. There's, there's definitely bits of his game that he needs to refine and change and improve on. Um, however, the raw ingredients are there. And he's a player that I think as a Rangers support, we should be really excited about. As as Scottish football, I think, should look at Alex Lowry and think, my goodness, he could really turn it on for us in future tournaments if we ever get a finger out and sort of get to these places. Um, I just thought it was it was a two things, horrendous tackle and it was a horrendous insight into just how bad the refereeing is in this country. Surely it's the same laws regardless of whether you're doing a B-team game or a top-level SPL game. It's incredible that the decisions are wrong in each level. See, see, when you watch that that footage back of the Alex Lowry, you know, the Ali Love Challenge on Alex Lowry, you can kind of understand why the referee missed it to a degree because he's running directly behind Love, so you can't see just how bad the connection is. The linesman is standing right beside it. He gets the full angle of what is an outrageous challenge. It's an assault on him. Um, so, yes, it's officials in general. You know, it's, it's, it's these guys following the rules, but it's also... You know, for me, sometimes you don't need to know the rules. You look at that challenge and everybody that looks at that, any, anyone in that ground, anyone watching that footage just knows that's a horrific, a horrific challenge. And it's a straight red all day long. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the thing that makes it maybe that little bit more frustrating is that we are approaching a 
a time, and we now know we're approaching a calendar of games where Alex Lowry would probably be champing at the bit for a game Tuesday, for example. Um, you would potentially have seen him at some point, and you know, if guys like McCann and Adam Devine are involved in some way, shape, or form on Tuesday, it'll be really frustrating to know that Alex Lowry probably would have been there or thereabouts, but can't because of this clown that we've had to see um, this week. So listen. Hugely frustrating for, for the support for the club, for Alex Lowry in the first instance and whatever is going on there. Um, we, we wish him a, a really, really speedy recovery. Before I speak to you, Doogie, about the Alfredo Morelos situation, um, what's your prediction for tomorrow, Ibrox? 4-0. Yeah, I th- I, listen, I think that's fair. As I, as I said earlier, I think, I think we can take goals off them tomorrow, 100%. I fully agree with you. I think Joel Lack will take his, his form in. I think he'll score again. Um, there's a few other players just now that are on good form as well I think we'll score um, a number of goals um, and I think we're looking pretty solid at the moment one of the things that I said at the beginning of the season um, I was on the, the, the very first podcast of the season and I said that James Sands was going to surprise a few people this year and I think with the um, the likes of Suter and, and Davies being missing just now for, for different reasons I think James Sands right now is putting in a very good shout to claim that central defence spot beside uh, beside Conor Goldson. I think we're looking pretty good at the back, so I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we keep a clean sheet, Um, but I'm expecting goals. Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, speaking of goals, Frankie's been um, whispering little things in my ear as he tends to do. Um, Rangers under-18s have beaten the Celtic under-18s this evening, 3-1 at the the training centre. So listen, just... The superiority continues is all I would really want to see on that. So, so, see on that, you, you were talking about the B team and, and who could be involved in future games. Yeah, I, I used to go to quite a lot of the Colts games back in the day, and I tell you what, this B team special. Yeah. Um, I've seen Frankie put a, a question in the chat around whether Lovelace will be involved in some capacity at the weekend. It would not surprise me in the slightest if some of these B team guys were involved on Tuesday. You know, you spoke about it's probably a perfect game for Lowry and it's frustrating that he won't be involved. But you've got Devine, obviously Kings now in the first team, but you get Devine, you get King, you get McCann, um, Lovelace as well. Um, he, for me, looks like a brilliant signing for the B team. Um, huge talent. He's already played first team football for Millwall. It wouldn't surprise me if we give some of these young, young players time um, on Tuesday night. And I, I tell you what, some of them will take their chance when they get it because they are very, very good young players. Yeah, fair point. And listen, it would be remiss maybe not to mention Robbie Ewer, who found himself on, on the bench in, in Eindhoven, randomly, if you like, but unquestionably down to the lack of strikers. Um, but for him to be there and in the weeds and it all and celebrating in the change, I mean, that's just absolutely massive. You can't underestimate the, the effect that that could have on their career for for years to come so listen I, th- I think you're absolutely right um, I think there are members of this B team squad who we will see bits and pieces of as the season goes on Dougie I want to speak to you about Alfredo Morelos um, we we opened um, discussing the, the circus that went on at the start of the week knowing what has happened midweek um, it would just be good to spend maybe 30 seconds or so in the wee man's head just to understand what's going on would it not? <laughs> He's, he's had a history of having attitude problems in the past where uh, I've seen a few comments on Twitter about um, Morelos plays when Morelos wants. You know, when he, when he really wants to to perform, he can get himself into a really good physical condition that allows him to go and perform. And that's what's really frustrating about Morelos is everybody knows what a top player he can be when he's when he's got his mindset right. Um, I tell you what, I think Gio's played a blinder. I think the PSV result... 
Um, if that had gone against them, you kind of touched on earlier. If that had gone against them, I think everyone would be criticising Tio. Yeah. Um, things have worked out really well in his favour because we've got the result. And he's looking, he's looking like the man in charge right now. But that's got to be a rocket up Alfredo Morelos's arse right now. He's got to be sitting at home right now, watching Rangers qualify for the Champions League, watching the the, the squad in the dressing room singing "Sweet Caroline," having a party. He's got to be there right now, licking his wounds and thinking, "I want to get back involved in this." Because since the day he joined, he spoke about his desire to play in Champions League football. Yeah. So Gio, Gio was asked a question by Sky Sports News earlier on around what does Alfredo Morelos need to do to you know, to get back into your squad. And he kind of suggested he's doing it right now. And, and you know, on the day of, of the announcement, I think it was a Tuesday night, um, Morelos was in the gym. So I'm kind of hoping that with the result going in our favour, qualification the group stages, Morelos being suspended gives him an opportunity to really knuckle down over the next couple of weeks and um, get himself fitting back on the bench for the Celtic game. And then you never know, there could be a game where we need that different striker. It could be a way to... Liverpool, for example, and you bring him back in, let's hope we get the buff back to, to his best and the player that we all know he can be. Because I tell you what, if, if we are going away to some of these grounds, we could really do with his style. Do you think there were, um, and I think I know the answer to this, but do you think there were elements of the support that were potentially prepared to bail on him this week? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't think Gio was looking for any excuses. I, I, I think um, Gio's shown that he's in charge right now. Yeah. I think a lot of supporters are very opinionated on the matter. I think we, we look at Alfredo Morelos and, and recognise what a huge contribution he's given to this football club. He is our all-time European leading goal scorer. That's a huge and fantastic achievement for a guy who's who's only played in Europe for, what, three, four seasons? Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of Rangers fans... I've got a bit of a, 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 an affection to Morelos. They want to see him do well. But at the same time, if your attitude's not right, you know, we've seen it for Man United against Liverpool. Eric Ten Hag, another Dutch manager, dropped Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest players of all time, and Harry Maguire, the Man United captain, because he didn't think their attitude was, was right. Forget what the fans think. See if the manager can see that in training, can see that they're not, you know, putting in the effort, they're, they're, um, they're not showing the right attitude, the right behaviours. Let's let's drop them. Let's you know be ruthless. Um, there's no point in putting a guy in the bench who's not able to come on and contribute. So I, you know, go back to my comments. I think Gio's handled it very well. Um, but I'm I am I am very very confident. You know, I know I keep saying about the contract situation and Morelos could go, but I am very very confident this is going to be the rock up Morelos's arse, and when he comes back, he'll be he'll, he'll be back and, and firing again. But Cholak holds that jersey. Cholak has been a damn good signing for us. Um, you know, I, I seen a stat um, about oh, is it we've only lost one knockout game in the last fourteen, so knockout tie in the last fourteen knockout ties, and um, it was Cholak that put us out. <laughs> so it's just ironic that it's Cholak that puts us through. And going back to my comment earlier on about I wasn't sure in spending the money, Cholak is paid for his transfer ten times over with 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 his goal contribution already in Europe, and he holds that jersey. It's up to Morelos to come in and prove that he can take it off him. Yeah, listen, I feel like I think Cholak's going to prove to be um, a really shrewd bit of business in the summer by by Ross Wilson, who deserves a huge amount of credit, which is worth a podcast in itself, as far as I'm concerned. Um, curiously enough, you mentioned Ronaldo, and 
I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure where he fits into our, our way of playing as things stand just now, Diggy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if we were to bring him in this summer, I don't know. We could. Um, I don't think we could do that. Um, listen, I want to say hello to our, our, our third partner, Forest Precision Engineering, a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company, huge supporters of of the club, both in a get to the game fashion and also commercially as well. Um, so we're really ha- happy to have them on board. You can check out their website, Forest Precision Engineering. Sorry, Forest Precision Eng. They are um, very, very fortunate to have access to their own lounge within the main stand. It's a cracking um, area to go and see your football. Um, if you want to know how you can book this unique experience, visit the um, visit your emails, hospitality at rangers.co.uk, send them an email um, and you can find out all the relevant information about how you can indeed get in there. However, um, that lounge is cracking and I thoroughly recommend you you jump on and have a look. Juggy, we've only got really got maybe five, ten minutes tops left to go. Uh, one thing that I, I said this week on, on social media was that since 2012, we've, we've read as Rangers fans and heard a lot about journeys. Um, journeys here, journeys there. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> there was something about Sort of just putting the lid on that on on Wednesday for me, um, and it's now about sort of looking ahead to what we have to come next as Rangers as a football club uh, ourselves as a as a group of supporters. Um, the journey is almost done now. I think, and I think as an argument, it is finished. Um, we've got loads to be excited about this season and for whatever comes next. I think the Rangers social media team summed up with three beautiful words. We are back. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. This this does symbolise it. I think, you know, winning the league was huge, 55, and getting to the Europa League final was massive. We belong in the Champions League. We are one of those stars. The Champions League stage is where Rangers belong. We are a massive club. We are, you know, we go on about our history, but you just need to look at where we are now. Not many clubs without foreign investment would have recovered um, and bounced back the way that Rangers did from 2012. Um, I genuinely believe this is the, this is a moment that symbolises we are back to where we were before um, everything that happened in 2012. I felt you know, there was a lot of chat about whether um, UEFA should play the Champions League theme music for qualifying games. And I felt like a wee lump in my throat for the PSV game at Ibrox when I heard it. I tell you what, Stephen, we're at Ibrox and that Champions League tune <laughs> plays again. Whatever the first game may be, um, I reckon I'll cry, Scott, because it, it's where we belong. I'm, I'm so happy. I am honestly, I am over the moon that we are back and um, it's it's a hugely exciting time, but we, 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 we had to get back into the Champions League. It's important to, to sit here and say, and, and remind everyone that the league is our bread and butter. Yeah. I think Gio has shown his tactical awareness to get us into these great stages in Europe. He's given me the best European experiences of my lifetime. You know, the last 12 months or so has just been beyond my imagination. But for me, it kind of means nothing if we lose the league again. It is so important that we... I'm not saying we move our priority away from the Champions League, right? Because we, we need to balance our priority, but we must win the league this year for... Um, making sure that Rangers returns to a winning club. I think the Scottish Cup win at the end of the season really cemented that for me. We we win cups, we win silverware. 
Um, we're back in the Champions League. We're back. We are back where we belong. But we need to be keep winning that league, and, and I want that league trophy back inside Ibrox for when that new museum opens. Yeah, listen, I, I think you're absolutely right, and you 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 put a, a lot of things that I think people will, listening tonight will instantly resonate with the the um, the moment about having the pineapple in your throat for when the um, when the music was running against. I can absolutely associate with, and for that first game. Um, I thought the week after next, my goodness, it's so soon. Um, whoever that's against, I, I think there, there will be real emotion at that because, do you know, it, a lot of people put us down in 2012. Many, many people um, were delighted for us to be nowhere near them and delighted for us not to challenge and, and delighted for us to, to suffer. Um, but you're right, Rangers are back and um, we're back where we deserve to be and we're back where we should be. Listen, Dougie, I've really enjoyed being on with you tonight. Thanks for coming on. It's good to see you, my friend. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Scott. I hope you have a, a good weekend and I hope we're all celebrating uh, after tomorrow's game. Fingers crossed, absolutely. Listen, we should say on Sunday night for the Ross County Review, Colin Armstrong is back with um, the Chief Football Writer of the Glasgow Times, Chris Jack, and also a debut, a really exciting debut, I have to say, for, for Jersey the podcast group. are really excited to welcome Catherine Hill, the ladies, Rangers ladies captain um, to the podcast. Huge part of the um, Rangers ladies set up just now and of course they are going for Champions League football as well so it's a huge time to to have Catherine on we appreciate her, her jumping on with us on um, Sunday night we look forward to getting her input to the game and hopefully it'll be three smiling faces as always on a Sunday night have a great weekend good luck to Rangers tomorrow thanks for watching good night